Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, a show about business and some of the best beverages on the planet, where we will hear more stories and talk about strategies in the process of building, growing, and actualizing a business, all while sipping on some of our favorite beverages. I'm Greg Sobosinski. On the show today, we have Mark Brooklyn of SEO Locale. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, talking today and, of course, the beverage. Awesome, awesome. So um, I think the best place to begin is kind of at the beginning. I know a little bit about your business, but why don't you start us off by telling us um, what your business is and the role that you play in that business? Yeah. Uh, SEO Locale is um, a full-service digital marketing agency. Uh, We specialize in search engine optimization and web design and development. So, you know, we offer the full gamut of digital marketing, including paid search, social media, um, blogging, email marketing, mobile app development, web app development, uh, pretty much anything that you'd be looking for. But our bread and butters, search engine optimization, web design development. I am uh, the CEO of SEO Locale. I founded it in 2019. Um, So it's been great since then. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a really good time to be in that space. It seems like the digital space, I'm sure you know more than most people, is kind of the, the bumping spot these days. You know, it is um, extremely low um, barrier to entry. Mm. You know, it seems like everybody these days is a digital marketing professional. And, you know, a lot of people think with COVID, like, oh, digital, you must have been doing great. Really wasn't the case. Mm. Um, you know, we struggled just as much as anyone else did. And I know a lot of uh, peers of mine that own their own agencies and work at agencies, they had struggles themselves, but, you know, certainly nowadays it's much better to be in the digital space, but. Sure. And I'm sure it also depends on, like you mentioned the COVID thing, like what businesses you're doing the marketing for, what business industries they're in, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, our business is built on other businesses having the funds to invest into their marketing. And if they're impacted by COVID, we get impacted by COVID. Hmm. Um, so it definitely matters who you're working with. Um, we deal with a lot of, you know, trades, businesses, uh, plumbers, electricians, roofers, um, even a lot of dentists, uh, attorneys that weren't nearly as impacted as, as COVID, but, you know, a lot of these smaller businesses where, hmm. you know, if things aren't going well for them. They're looking at all kinds of ways to, to cut costs. And, you know, unfortunately I think everybody, in the world was feeling that. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And I want to, it's a really good conversation there that I want to, um, maybe come back to is, you know, the different industries that you service and how Mm -hmm. those kind of differ. Um, but let's kind of rewind a bit and go back to the beginning of, you know, how'd you get into this field? Like, what do you, what were you doing before at in college? And then how'd you kind of transition into here and maybe just give, uh, the people some of those stories of how you got to this point. Yeah. Um, I wish I had like a cool story, but I don't think it's that interesting to be honest. I, it, was, <laughs> it was almost as if I, you know, I, I woke up one day and all of a sudden I was in SEO. Hmm. Um, I went to Muhlenberg College in Allentown. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for uh, business, um, and I got uh, a, I majored in management, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Has absolutely nothing to do with digital marketing or websites or SEO or anything. I didn't know what that stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an internship at uh, the Wharton Small Business Development Center. Oh, nice. Um, and it was horrible. Really? It was just the worst experience. Why, why, is, that, why is that? I've never, and I don't mean to knock on Wharton Small Business Development Center because, I mean, the people there are absolutely geniuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the work that these guys are doing uh, for free, might I add, is, is I mean, a total game changer for the, the 
clients who qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going there, I'm wearing a suit and tie every day. Um, I'm doing stuff that I'm not really that interested in. Hmm. Um, it was a lot of like finance type of work. Um, and it just wasn't, it didn't really get me going. Um, yeah. and you know, God bless the, the, the woman who runs the small business development center. She could see that. Um, and she, she calls me and she's like, Mark, how can I make you happy? Like what will make you smile <laughs> just like once, just one time, just smile. Um, and I really didn't know what to say, but I, I, I had always kind of thought that I saw myself getting into social media marketing, obviously, you know, grew up in this social media age. Um, and I kind of saw myself going that direction. I did a little, uh, some projects with social media marketing, uh, when I was in college and I enjoyed those, those things. So I thought I would get in that direction. And she, um, pointed me in the direction of O3 world, Keith Scanjo, and he's the owner of O3 world. They're a, a web design and development company in Fishtown. Um, in Philadelphia. And so I got to talking to him and we just kind of hit it off. And he set me up with uh, an interview for a project manager internship at O3 World. Um, And I got that internship. And that was when my eyes kind of got opened up into web design and development. Hmm. Um, I was a project manager intern. I was doing a lot of the work that my boss didn't want to do. And luckily part of that was the analytical side of it. So it was um, after we would launch a website, I would get to take a look at some of the traffic coming into the website, how users would interact with the website. And I would make different recommendations of how we can improve uh, the website, how we can improve the user experience. Hmm. And that's when he told me like, if you enjoy doing this, you should talk, you should look into SEO. I had no idea what that was. So then I got my first job in the SEO world um, at a small agency in um, Levittown. And that's where I kind of learned everything. I, I mean, the rest of that is, is history. So I, it was just a series of mm-hmm. lucky events, I guess, that kind of led me there. Yeah. I mean, even at the the Wharton thing, like you said, there was must have been something that you were like wearing on your sleeve. <laughs> you know what I mean? As far as like either not liking the work that made that, that woman, you know, reach out and say, Hey, you know, Mark, what can we do? What can we do here? Um, and I'm sure you were feeling that, but you know what I mean? I think some people go through their career sometimes and it's like, they don't, they don't have that experience. You know what I mean? So they're kind of just on this path and they just keep going on that path. And I feel like the older people, older people get the less likely they are to have a, you know, a paradigm shift and move somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, we'll go through the, the, the feelings you had at that time. I'm really like what, what you are feeling and maybe like what unhappiness looks like in a job, because <laughs> I think honestly, a lot of people don't know what that is. Cause even people could be working a lot and they think that the long hours are why they're not happy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that's it at all. Because if you're doing it, you know, the whole thing about like, Oh, you know, you quit your nine to five, just become an entrepreneur. And now you work 24 seven, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, so you're working all the time, mm-hmm. but you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're not, um, you don't begrudge it. You know what I mean? So what what were the emotions you were feeling at that time? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing that you said. I don't think it's long hours that make people dislike their job. I think if the hours feel long, you probably don't love what you're doing. Right. Probably don't really like what you're doing. I know this sounds so cliche and I hate it. I hate myself for saying it, but um, 
it's kind of true. Um, when you feel like you have a long day, you tend to be pretty miserable. Hmm. Um, and I mean, when you dread waking up in the morning and being like, ugh, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday. I can't wait until Friday. Um, and you go into the office. I mean, I would literally have to take like a deep breath before I would walk in to Mm -hmm. try to put on this facade that I'm, I'm not miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, when you're doing things like that, probably a good indicator that you don't Mm -hmm. really love what you're doing. I mean, I would sit in front of a computer and just, you know, putz around when I was probably should have been doing something more important just because I had no interest in Mm -hmm. anything that was, I mean, no interest is kind of a strong word, I guess, but I wasn't really into it. Um, yeah. I remember the summer I was there, it was summer Olympics. I spent more time watching summer Olympics on my laptop than like doing actual work. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was watching swimming. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember it vividly. I just, you know, I would have rather done just about anything else, mm. um, than do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's really, um, I don't know. People are expected to almost know what they want to do out the gate and yeah. go to college these days, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, a weird proposition because it's like, yeah, you haven't tried anything yet. How, how are you going to know? You know what I mean? So I, I think that the, the name of the game really should be navigating people more towards that. Let's get you trying a bunch of things like you and that internship you had. And that really set you on a whole, a whole new path of, you know, what, what could be possible. Um, so I think the, the, the way you started sounds some luck was involved. It sounds like, um, yeah, for sure. Um, but also I think the, also the ability to, to also take advantage of those opportunities. So like if you had that internship, someone was offered to you and you're like, ah, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just kind of pass on that. Then, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at today. Um, so maybe let's kind of segue here into, um, the growth, the growth phase. So now you're like, okay, internship, you see the SEO model. You're like, I kind of like this. This is, this is kind of cool. And then how does that transition into, into where, um, SEO was born? Yeah. So I was working at this internship and, you know, again, they're not an SEO agency. They don't offer SEO. Hmm. They're a web design development company strictly. So you just Um, saw the analytics side. I was only involved in how they help make their websites more user-friendly. Got it. Which happens to now be, in my opinion, a a major part of the SEO process. Hmm. Um, but what my where I was lucky again was my my boss did have a, a base understanding I'll say of search engine optimization, so he had the wherewithal to know if this is what you like, this is probably the direction that you want to go. Hmm. Um, and at first, and I really loved what I was doing. I mean, I was talking to him about I'm going to get my project manager certification. I'm going to do like I want to do exactly what you're doing, and he's like, no, 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 that's not what you want. You want this. Hmm. Um, and if I didn't have that, to be honest, I probably would have been happy either way because I did really enjoy what I was doing, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I, I enjoy this a little bit better. Hmm. Um, I mean, he was hundred percent right. And, you know, I'm glad that I had that type of guidance. Um, it wasn't until I got my first job at an SEO agency, um, where I really got to experience the strategy involved in search engine optimization and, and grow my, my skills from there. Hmm. So, and then 
at some point, so you go to this other this SEO firm mm-hmm. from the you go from the digital marketing to the SEO firm, mm-hmm. and then um, something must have happened there where you're like, this is something I can do. You know what I mean? Um, so what, what was what was that mindset shift like? Because it seems like you know if you if you in a job that you like, there's really not a ton of other push you might need to do something else. Maybe like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy here. Why would I do something else? Mm-hmm. Um, so what was, what was that process? Yeah. Well, luck crept into again. My, my life. Yeah, again. <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy in the world. You know, when I joined, when I joined this company, I don't know, there might not have even been 10 people working there. Um, they were a startup. I think they were three years old. Um, so I had the luxury of learning Everything, everything from the SEO in terms of an SEO strategy, all the way from the nitty gritty link building that everybody hates and nobody wants to do, all of that crap, all the way through um, doing the research for the strategy, creating the strategy, implementing the strategy, auditing the strategy, making recommendations to improve the strategy, mm. um, keeping up with all the changes that go on in search engines and how to um, alter your strategy to continue to comply with those guidelines. So I really got to learn all those things. And this is where I met my business partner. Mm. My business partner, Nick, um, started working there, I think about a year after me. I didn't like him at first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, wore, he wore a tie every day. He looked like a total dweeb. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't even like him. Um, and he started, te- he was the one who was actually teaching me. This is where we hit it off. He was the one teaching me all of this stuff. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he was basically my, my mentor. He taught me everything I know. Hmm. Um, and we would always talk about all the time, whenever we have lunch or whatever, like we could do this one day, yeah, we're going to do yeah. this we're, one day we can do it. Um, what happened was I kind of got stuck in like all businesses do. They grew, you know, all of a sudden we went from eight people, 12 people, 20 people, you know, now there's 30 people at this company. And now I want to learn paid advertising. I want to learn the social media aspect. I want to learn web design development. And they're like, yeah, 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 sure. But, but they, there's no room to switch right. anymore. They want right you to do there. your one thing. and I got to do my job and everyone else is doing their job. I didn't have the flexibility to learn that stuff anymore. Right. Um, so the only solution was to do it on my own. Um, so I left and um, I took an in-house role at a kitchen cabinet company. And I may have budged my knowledge of certain things in terms of paid advertising and Mm. social media, but um, it was the challenge that I made to myself. It worked out really well. Mm. Um, And that was when I think I was there for about a year. It might've been even six months. Um, And I was just like, I could do this. Yeah. Registered SEO locale. That was 2015, I think. Registered the business name in 2015. Um, and I was I was working there for about a year. And then I moved to another in-house role, proved it again to myself. And then, you know, just the time was right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to have some of those um, prove it to yourself moments, those moments where you kind of create that leverage. Because, I mean, like, like you're saying, it, there, there's a certain comfort that comes with doing a job, but doing it in a the context of a larger company. Uh, I mean, the, the autonomy is one thing, but even that, having that security about being, hey, 
I know what I'm doing. I'm doing it well. I'm at this company. But then the the the, the need to kind of push yourself a little bit and say, okay, maybe I can do this and have a single client and I can do it for them. And then I'll try it again. And that kind of builds that yeah. that like confidence that, hey, this is a valid business idea and I, I can do this. I can scale this. I yeah. can grow this. Yeah, um, So, I mean, we like to talk about points of leverage on this podcast. Like what were those moments where it really kind of formed in your head of like, hey, this is something really tangible that can happen. Was that that really, yeah, giving yourself those opportunities, was that really a major point of leverage for you? Yeah, there. I mean, there were a few of those moments. I mean, where actually the client that I worked for was a former client of that SEO agency I was working for. Hmm. They happened to have left them right around the same time I left. Um, and they contacted me and asked me if I'd be willing to work for that in-house. Got it. Um, so I, I had a pretty good idea of how things were going and, you know, the certain, I guess, hurdles involved in making their campaigns successful, but I didn't really know it until I actually started working there. And I looked deeper into everything that was going on. Mm. Um, so they had two different campaigns. One, one piece of the business was their local kitchen cabinet, uh, yeah. Kitchen cabinet stores. Mm. They had 11 showrooms throughout um, greater Philadelphia and, and Jersey. Um, that piece of the business had always gone really well. I think the year that I was there, they hit, um, uh, over a million for the first time ever. Mm. Um, and I was never worried about, about that piece. I, I knew that I was going to, that I was going to do well and excel in that sheet, um, that aspect of it. The other piece was an online, um, kitchen cabinet piece, um, where people anywhere, you know, shopping online, do it yourselfers, whatever. That piece of business, I didn't realize how screwed they were. What had happened was they built a new website and their, their former agency didn't properly redirect hmm. the old website to the new one. So when you build a new website, you're supposed to implement what are called 301 redirects. Um, and it's essentially letting search engines know that this is the old URL of my website. Mm. I made a new website. Here's the new URL. So any power or SEO strength that was on this page, pass it to this page. Um, and website URL structures change whenever you build a new website. It's just kind of how it is. Um, they didn't implement those redirects. So when you don't implement those types of redirects, it's as if you have a brand new page. It's just, it's just sitting there with no traffic. It Your traffic just tanks. Yeah. So I'm looking at this data and I'm like, what the hell happened? Mm. Like, everything was going amazing. And now like literally nothing. Like they were getting hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hits a day. Right. And they were getting, now they were getting like 10. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, guys, what did you do? And they're like, we built a new website. And I'm like, there you go. I think I know what you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once I was able to identify that and fix all that stuff, it slowly started to come back. I don't recall that we ever hit the same level that they were at. Um, but you could see it improving over time and was getting better and better. Um, and it was just things like that where I was just like, wow, I figured out like this major problem all by myself. Hmm. Um, that really make you feel like, you know, I can, I could do this for myself and for my clients. Hmm. Um, those were 
the, oh, and they had a huge pay-per-click um, campaign. I think tens of thousands of dollars a month. They were really? Spending. Huge. Um, I never managed a pay-per-click campaign in my life. So mm-hmm. I went from never managing a pay-per-click campaign in my life to managing like, I don't know, $25,000, $30,000 a month in paid advertising. Um, So slightly fluffed my ability to knowledge there. So so basically what that that means, so pay-per-click for people who don't know, is basically the company's paying for every click that they get on their site somewhere. Right. You do do any type of Google search. Um, The first few listings that you see you might say paid or paid ad right, right next to it in like a green box or something. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all, that's all paid advertising where you're selecting a specific, specific keywords in specific areas that you want to advertise. Mm-hmm. And every time someone clicks on that ad, you get charged a certain amount of dollars. And that dollar amount is determined by some other factors that we don't necessarily have to get into unless right. you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's pay-per-click and they had a huge, this huge budget of 20 or $30,000 a month. Um, wow. That's pretty big. Yeah. Actually probably the biggest one that I've ever managed to date. Pretty, yeah, pretty close to it. Um, and so that went, they were always complaining about paid search. Paid search to them was like the end all be all. Mm. It's the only thing that matters. I don't even care what happens on your the organic SEO. Paid search is where it's at. I'm like, okay. Um, and even when they started saying like, we're getting a lot more business through paid advertising. And when they could notice that, um, I mean, that was just another huge, especially something I've never actually done before. Mm. Um, I really just taught myself just by doing it, reading, um, that was a huge pivot point for me where I can do this now too. Yeah. 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 I, w- I want to get into that. Um, you know, learn by just doing things on your own, you know, learn by, by doing, but let's crack these, uh, these beers real quick. Before oh, they're going to get warm. So the, the whole, the whole thing about learning what you're doing and taking the initiative to do it on your own it's it's one of those things where I think it's probably more prevalent nowadays in the in the digital age than mm-hmm. any time before. Because think about it, even even as we record this podcast right now, for a business who might not know anything about advertising, this right here could be point them in the right direction of someone like you who can be like, hey, you're missing out on this whole world over here. So there's so many resources out there, and. Um, what would you say to people about, you know, really just um, taking that initiative and doing that, going and, and utilizing, searching for, finding things, understanding, hey, listen, there's a lot out there I don't know yet in order to come. I have to push those buttons and, and learn this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I am a huge proponent of education, um, college, secondary, whatever, but I am also a huge proponent of you're not going to learn anything until you actually start doing it. Mm. Um, you know, I could, before I actually started managing paid search campaigns, I could talk about best practices and what you should do and shouldn't do and blah, blah, blah all day. Uh-huh. But until you're actually in it, until you see the different nuances, the different random issues that pop up, you have no idea what you're doing. Right. Um, 
the, I mean, the manual only gets you so far. Exactly. Um, and I love my school didn't offer, you know, a co-op program, but like in Kazakhstan, there's co-op programs where you, you know, work in the field for a year. Sure. Um, I think that's, that's great. Um, my partner, Nick self-taught when he was like 13, how to build websites just by watching YouTube videos. Um, I think in this industry, especially is so open for you to just teach yourself. I mean, you just got to do it. And it's, honestly, it's not, it's not rocket science. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to tell anyone that what I do is like impossible for anyone to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's common sense stuff. You know, like if you were a user, what do you want to experience? Do mm-hmm. that. And you're probably doing pretty okay. SEO. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I go to websites and you can tell it's, it's a bit older, but just like the layout, it's just not very um, user-friendly. Like I, I have to go like three levels deep to find oh, yeah. a link where, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, and if it's one thing, if it's like a very small thing, but if it's like something that should be pretty prominent, like pay here, you know what I mean? Yeah. It should kind of be somewhat easy to access or like, um, I, I love how the norm now for like login buttons is like top right. <laughs> you, yep. know, you know what I mean? Yep. And some older places have them just like in the middle of, of like the third page. And it's like, okay, well, I, I don't know if that's the best place for it. Um, but I'm liking a lot of the newer UIs that I've been been seeing. Um, just it, it's just cleaner. It's just easier to work with yeah. and uh, self-explanatory, if you will. Yeah. I mean, UX has been, I think, I mean, something that we've been preaching for a long time. User experience, page speed, those are things that matter mm. and make a difference. Um, certainly, you know, the, the normal technical stuff still matters. You know, what's your on-page? What keywords are you targeting? Mm-hmm. What's the content? But, you know, those little things that you're doing that your competitors probably aren't, it makes a difference. Yeah. Right? I mean, and Google is, I promise you, they're way smarter than you and me. They're way smarter than everyone else out there. They have more information about everything than you even want to know. Hmm. Um, they can measure what the experience is that a user is going to have when it's once they land on your site. Hmm. If it's not up to par, then you're gonna you're not going to perform as well as you'd like online. Yeah. So today you've you've chosen the beverage uh, Dogfish Sixty Minute. Yes. And we were talking. You said this is kind of like your go-to. Um, so are you, are you a big beer guy? Uh, I am a big beer guy. Um, in fact, the I think he had just sold it, but the uh, founder of Dogfish is from Muhlenberg College. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam. Sam, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Caligione? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Dogfish has always been a, a favorite beer of mine. I actually didn't always love, um, you know, like seltzers. I uh, wasn't a big, like, wine guy. Mm. Uh, I was always very much so just like, give me beers. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the same way. Yeah, it wasn't until I got, you know, a lot older that I started drinking even like wine or other weird seltzers and stuff. But beer yeah. is always is always my favorite. Um, and that's not gonna change. Yeah, I listened to a podcast recently with with Sam and they were talking about how his business building process and what he did at, at Dogfish and some of the stories he has about, you know, some of the stuff he ran into is, is just kind of wild. Like apparently when um down in Milton, Delaware, which is like just over yep. um the Bay Area. Uh, when they opened up, they were in this one part of town and he had this whole plan. He's going to do this. And another brewery was planning to open there, but ended up not opening there. And he didn't know why. So he's going down there. And apparently at the time, uh, the reason they didn't open was because it was illegal to brew beer in Delaware. So he's sitting there with this license ready to open and he can't even brew a beer. So he actually wrote the um, the bill 
um, to allow people in Delaware to brew beer. And I was like, <laughs> that is, that is pretty wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. think about like having a, um, a hiccup in the road. You're like, Oh, you can't do this. He literally is like, well, no, I'm not going to stop me. I'm going to go pass a yeah. bill to make, let this out this to happen. Yeah. It's just a, that's an all time power move. I mean, the classic example of, well, screwed up. How am I going to fix it now? Right. Right. Which, which is really the, you know, the inherent, um, problem in entrepreneurship is things get screwed up all the time. Things go yeah. south, things go left, things go right, things are all over the place. Um, and then it's not only those problems in, in building your business, but the problems of your consumers also evolve as the web develops and progresses over time. New things will come out, new types of optimization, I'm sure, will will emerge yep. that you'll have to adapt to. Um, what What has been the biggest thing you've had to adapt to um, at, you know, so far you think as far as just like things that are not catastrophic, but big, big changes, whether anything, or maybe the onboarding of like new social media platforms. Like I know things like, uh, TikTok seems pretty big nowadays. Is that being used at all for some of the marketing stuff or what's, what's the, um, the plan there? Yeah. I mean, we, we do get a lot of clients inquiring about TikTok hmm. advertising, um, I guess it's hard because it's kind of on them. You know what I mean? It's not like something you guys can. You know, the thing is, so my thing with social media, social media is great. Um, and I, I'm not, you know, poo-pooing social media or anything. It's important. It's great for your brand, gets your name out there. You can interact with your customers, give your, your brand some, you know, more identity. It's a great trust factor. Nobody goes to social media to buy stuff. Hmm. Nobody goes to social media looking for a, a repair for their roof. Yeah, hmm. that's just that's not what people do. Hmm. Um, yeah, people might go on social media and say, "I need a recommendation looking for a roofer." How many comments do you see on that status? A hundred, two hundred, a thousand of those thousand recommendations they're getting. How many are they actually calling? Um, you know, so, social media to me is not a viable platform to actually build your business, not for, you know, the clients that I'm typically working with, at least maybe people buy on social media, like weird knickknacks, um, food, you know, restaurants, people like looking at food, real estate, people like looking at real estate, um, clothing, people might buy clothing on social media, but people are not going to social media specifically to find a product or service. Hmm. They Google it. Um, that's just how, what people do. Sure. So, so they, they might stumble upon something, but it's not, it's not their reason for using it's, it. It's, it's, you know, uh, checkout shopping or aisle shop, whatever they, they, they call it. Um, so, you know, they have like those little candy bars when you check out at the grocery store. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 See, the add on stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to buy this Hershey bar just cause I see it. That's what it is. Right. Um, if you want to effectively build your business, using the internet, you're going to focus on the SEO side or paid advertising. So do, do you think that people you so I'm guessing there are some things on, like you said, certain segments that work well on social media specifically, maybe like food or mm -hmm. other things. Um, I find this interesting. So I want to hear your opinion on this. I saw this guy the other day. He has about, I think, like somewhere between 15, 100,000 followers. All mm -hmm. he does is mow lawns. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like the art of how, how he does it. And so I'm trying to think through this and I'm like, I don't know what the plan is. Is it like, is it him? He's obviously has a, a ability to create a following, mm -hmm. but he obviously it can't himself go mow 50,000 lawns 
You know what I mean? So where's the real business potential for him? Or is is he basically just there doing this and now he's getting paid ads for other things? Yeah, I think he's getting paid ads for other things. For like for maybe, maybe long, long care products or, or things something. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally a way for people to build their business. I mean, people get paid out the ass for that stuff. Right. Um, you know, you want someone with a ton of followers. They literally have like tiers. I mean, there are literally companies that have like, oh, if you want someone who has 100,000 followers, this is how much it costs. Hmm. 300,000 followers, this is how much it costs. A million followers, here's that cost. Um, it's extremely expensive. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that it works. If you have the money for influencer marketing, yeah, I mean, people hmm. see Shaquille O'Neal do something. People see Michael Jordan do something. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to want to do it too. Yeah. Um. So, but most people, you know, don't have a couple of tens of thousands of dollars to throw around on a social media influencer. Right. Right. Um, if you do, that's awesome. Yeah. But for most people, I think really where you're looking for is trying to target those people who are going online, going on their phone and typing in roofer near me. Right. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so th- there's this kind of dichotomy you have as a business owner there's things that you have to do to build your clientele, to build the future of the business. And there's also things you have to do on your business. The things that the actually in-house stuff. Yeah. What, what do you say is your percentage of the time you spend, you know, on in-house stuff versus outside stuff? Yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Uh, you know, I deal with a ton. I've been able to hire great people. Mm. Um, I take care of all the SEO stuff. Yeah, that's my role. My partner, Nick, takes care of all the development stuff. Um, I've been fortunate in hiring some great people to really take over the SEO um, day-to-day for me. So I really can kind of take a step back from that where I'm I'm really just kind of overseeing it Mm. for the most part. And I have you know, my, um, my SEO team taking care of pretty much everything else that really themselves. Hmm. Um, and when the same thing on the development side, we have our, um, our director of development who can pretty much handle just about anything, um, without having myself or Nick required to, you know, be so overseeing on that stuff. Sure. Um, I take care of all the crap. If you will, I do the, um, I deal with the accounting, I deal with legal (laughs) stuff, I deal with paperwork, I deal with taxes, um, I deal with payroll, um, benefits, all that nonsense I deal with. Um, I'd love not to, (laughs) that's just kind of the, the, the way it is. Yeah, as they say about you know some restaurant owners is you know every, they're always there and they're not usually making the food or they're usually you know unplugging the toilet or something. You know right. I mean? Yeah, they're I mean, uh, they're dealing with the problems yeah. that that come up. Yeah, I mean that's and that's really how it is. And then obviously if there's any major problem with a client, every single one of my clients has my cell phone number. Hmm. Uh, they all have my email. So if they have a problem, they don't think they're being helped, and they call me. Hmm. Um, so what's what's the the percentage i don't know 50 50 i guess yeah, I, mean, yeah, I still yeah. do a bunch of, i still do sales things i do a lot of networking type of things you're jack of all um, trades at this point you hadn't i just you know what i enjoy doing it 
Yeah. I never, yeah. I never don't want to be involved in the sales. I never don't want to be involved in the SEO strategy. Um, if I could, I would only do that stuff. Right, um, right, right. I just have to do this other crap by default. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a background in, in the brewing industry and I, that, that's a big thing that happens is typically when breweries start out, you have the guy who's the brewer and he'll make the beer, he'll do all this stuff and he loves that part of it. As the business scales, he'll kind of be pushing this position where he's doing all this stuff like the accounting, the payroll, HR, and he doesn't really want to be involved in it. So inevitably, the business gets big enough, it gets sold off and he goes and starts his own brewery again where he's the brewer. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I feel like the end game of you not being involved in that stuff is almost growing this, selling it, and then doing something else, doing the same thing again. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We, Nick and I, we, we've kind of joked about that. I mean, we would never do it. I have no intention of selling ever, but, right. um, you know, I mean, maybe if I'm like 80 years old, I'm about to die or something. Right. But, um, you know, I've, I've, we've always joked like, Oh, like if so, what's the number, what's the magic number, <laughs> you know, how much do we have to get paid to, to stop doing this? Um, and we'd always just say like, who cares? We'll just sell it for however much we can get and then just do it all over again. Right. Um, Cause like we just did it, but just do it again, hire the same people back, do whatever. And obviously there's a bunch of legal things in there that would prevent you from doing those kinds of things. Otherwise sure. everyone would do it. Right. But um, you know, I, I really don't think I have any uh, intention to sell or maybe if I'm much, much older, you know, we would kind of sh shift into this role where we're more of like, um, consultants mm. you know people come to us like oh how can we improve whatever and right people pay stupid money for that i don't don't even understand i mean you, i don't even do anything well consultants don't do anything they just mm. say a bunch of stuff and tell other people to do things <laughs> um it's really the best the best role to be in um so i'll definitely be in for that um so we talked about you know some of the the challenges some of the the roadblocks of, you know, not being in a position where you're happy at one point and then kind mm -hmm. of moving on, starting this thing, uh, the hiccups of, okay, getting that confidence. I, I learned here. I learned this. I learned this. How about some of the, the successes that you guys have had? Um, things that have been monumental and well, like things to be celebrated by your team. I think it's an important point too, is yes, you definitely want to learn from the things that go south or go left or go right, but it's also good to celebrate the, the things that, 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 that do happen that are, that are really good. Um, so, and any big things that really kind of set you guys off on a new trajectory, or uh, maybe you added a new service that was like, "Wow, this is this is really great," and put you on a whole new course. Um, so, what were the success areas? There have been, I guess, I would say three major. I'd say four. Probably eh, maybe five. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go through a bunch of things that I can think of. So sure. when I first started, a lot of people think that SEO just kind of happens over time. You know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I built my website. And now I'm just going to start getting all this traffic and people are going to want to hire me. That's yeah. not how it works. SEO takes a very long time to build. Um, in my case, it took like a year to build up rankings and start getting traffic and people to start inquiring for services. Oh, I'm, this is for your own business. For my own business. Right. So imagine people telling me like, I want business right away. I couldn't even do it for myself. Yeah. So that's just the way it is. Um, so how did I get business? Good question. <laughs> uh, the first month that I started, I had um, a scrubber that would go through like Facebook and scrub businesses. Um, 
business names, emails, phone numbers, whatever info I could. And I was cold calling for literally a month straight. I'll never do it ever again. I've been there before. 17, 12 clients in 30 days. That was the starting point of SEO locale was, oh shit, I got 12 clients. I might not have to cold call anymore. Right. So I'm lucky I only had to cold call for three days. That was the first point. Um, The second thing was it took me for various reasons a year to convince Nick who mentored me, taught me everything I know. He's, he's so great. He's the best, blah, blah. It took me a year to convince him to join me <laughs> a year. Um, he didn't want to lose the tie. That's probably what it was. Didn't want, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, you know, he had a nice job. He was getting paid well. He couldn't take the risk. Nick, he had come, come over. You can, you can keep the tie if you want. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all this. Finally, um, I, I have all, I think at this point, I mean, I probably had maybe 17 ish clients or 15 clients. Couldn't hit like that 20 marks. Couldn't get there. Finally convinced Nick and he's like, all right, let's do it. Hmm. The day that he started, um, he blasted on all of his social platforms, updated his LinkedIn, all of this, let everyone, let every single person in America know Guys, I just joined Market SEO Locale. We started our own business. If you need social um, digital marketing services, feel free to reach out. Flooded with people he's worked with in the past, uh, people he's partnered up with in the past. I'm not kidding. We we went from 17 clients to like 30 or 40 clients in it might have been another month or two. Um, I and that just goes to show the incredible work that Nick has done from mm. 13 years old to how old is he? I guess he was 28 when I started this. Yeah. So um, that's just a huge shout out to him and the work that he's done in that, in that time. So that was another big explosion. Um, the next step was probably hiring um, a couple of our core um, employees who were one of our first employees and are still with us, director of development, project manager, director, now director of SEO. Um, the three of them have just come on and learned so much and I've been able to take so much work off of my plate and off of Nick's plate that we've been able to focus on growing the business and continue to bring clients in instead of mm. doing all the work for the clients. We don't have time to bring on any new business. Right. Um, so bringing on those key members has just been huge in allowing us to do what we have to do to keep the business growing. Right. Um, and I think the, the last one that I would say, and this is going to sound weird, but COVID, <laughs> um, as as devastating as it was, um, you know, we stopped getting so many leads. We were losing a lot of business, obviously, because it's like people are like, "Hey, listen, during this time, uh, we need we can't spend these extra ad dollars or these marketing dollars." Well, it's exactly stuff. what happened. I mean, people were being forced to shut down. They're saying like, we don't have money to pay. Mm -hmm. No one's calling us. We don't have money. We can't continue with these services. We're not allowed to operate. 
We're trying to cut costs, save costs. Nobody wants to fire their employees. It, it's an interesting conundrum because at the same time, it's like that, that's one side of the coin, but it's almost like the perfect time to spend more money. Does that make sense? Yeah, to, to gain exactly. additional market share. It, exactly. now, if no one else is marketing, maybe we should be marketing more. And it was interesting because consumers were spending was actually up hmm. during, during COVID. Hmm. Spending yeah. was up. Um, but all these businesses were, they just weren't allowed to operate hmm. for, and no one knew what the hell was going on. Um, so losing, I mean, we lost about 50% of our business, um, starting, what was it? February, March, starting yeah. in March. Was that, was that more, March more was that more just like temporary, like on hold stuff? Hey, listen for right now. Or was it more just like cutting ties? It, people worded it in whatever way they wanted to, whether like we need to pause or we need to cancel, right, whatever right. they want to say. Either way, it hurt it didn't the bottom really line. Matter, yeah. Um, because we didn't have the money anymore. Right. Um, so 50% of the business we lost, um, you know, where I was finally looking at cutting our pay, you know, I'm thinking like, shit, we're going to have to fire people. Mm. And hopefully none of my employees are listening because they don't know that. Um, so, Luckily, we didn't. We got the PPP loan like just in time. And at the same time, while we lost this business, it gave Nick and I the opportunity to look at ourselves. Like, okay, we need to ramp up our marketing. We need to make our SEO better. Hmm. What are we doing? Or what are we not doing? So to your point, this was the time that we need to ramp up whatever we're doing. And we completely ramped up our SEO strategy. Hmm. All of a sudden, a month, two months later, maybe two and a half months later, phone calls start rolling back in. So we got back to where we were. We made up the lost revenue probably by like June, June or July, 2020, mm. just by looking at internally, like where can we be better to get ourselves more ground in this space. So it's basically for you from you guys overcompensating and really diving into your own marketing strategy. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean that's and that's really what it took for us. And that I mean now we're way better off now than we otherwise would have been because that never happens. Who knows how long it takes for us to really look at it or maybe we never even look at it. Mm. Um so it's almost a blessing in disguise in some ways looking back now. It's like hey it really we might have been yeah. you know not doing as much as we should have, but now that we were able to kind of see it, hey, wait, this is a good place to focus, especially now. Mm -hmm. Going forward, you're never going to forget that again. And I, I mean, I'm embarrassed to to share that because it's like you're an SEO company, you weren't doing SEO for yourselves. Yeah. You'd be shocked how many people provide a product or service and don't do it for themselves ever. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, that's one of the things that I say to everyone now, especially after that, when I'm talking to someone like, oh, I'm looking at this people, this people, this people, I'm like, it's no problem. Just do me a favor. Google how they rank. Let me know where they rank when you Google for these services. Do they show up? Because if they're not showing up, they can't be doing SEO that well. Because hmm. um, I know where we rank. So, I mean, to me, it's one of the, it's one of the biggest things. And if that, if that hadn't happened, maybe we don't even survive COVID. I, I don't hmm. know. Um, but that was the the other huge kind of explosion for us. Yeah. I've always been interested in industries that kind of feed themselves. What I mean by that is like, even in the finance world, it's like cool because if you, if you're making money in finance then you get those dollars and you, and you know, okay, now I know what to do with them. You know what I mean? It, so you're kind of feeding yourself in that, in that way. 
I feel like SEOs or, or digital marketing is kind of the same way. It's like you're providing the service, but you can also increase your reach by just using your own service. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so easy to just forget about yourself because you're dealing with everyone else. Hmm. Um, and I mean, if that if that time taught us anything, it was just like, we need to keep a better eye on this. Hmm. Um, and proud to say that since then, we have kept a much better eye uh, on ourselves and where we're ranking and um, competitors and things like that. So if anything like this, God forbid, is ever to happen again, we'll be you know, better prepared. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a, a, not a good problem, but it's one of those things where, okay, well, we're spending a lot of time servicing our clients, which is a good thing. But at the same time, we, we, we just can't forget this, but it's good that you're, it's not like we're just sitting around. We, we have a lot of clients. We're servicing them well, which is why this wasn't a focus for us initially. But now we've realized, hey, we have to do this for ourselves too. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, it's such, it's so important for any business owner to remember, you got to take care of yourself before you can help other people. Hmm. Um, sometimes it just takes really shitty things to happen before you, yeah. before you remember that. What What is your, um, your vision for the future of what do you think is going to happen in the digital world? I, I hear from a lot of people now, um, and I've seen it myself. I'm, I kind of, I kind of like him actually in some ways, uh, Gary V. Yeah. The whole digital marketing space. Um, he seems convinced that, you know, it's very on, you know, it, it's it's been around for a bit, but it's really going to start hitting its stride. And in some ways it has, like you see certain platforms will kind of hit a peak and then a new platform pops up. It's kind of like how, you know, Vine was huge before and then TikTok's basically doing the same thing, but it's it's growing even bigger just because of a timing mm -hmm. thing. Um so I guess what, what what's your thoughts on Gary Vee, first of all, and then thoughts on the general digital marketing social media space going forward? Yeah, I think Gary Vee is psychotic, but in a, in a good way. <laughs> I mean, he's crazy in a good way. Right. Um, you know, he he's a thought leader for sure. Um, really smart guy. Um, I... I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously. So I don't really know anything else to say about him. I like, I like reading, you know, different things that he shares. Um, and he's very into, you know, like the NFT type stuff mm. um, and cryptocurrency, which I am not, believe it or not. Um, I just feel like I kind of missed the boat on it. So mm. I just never bothered to really get involved. And plus, like, it seems like there's so many like regulations that are, about Brewing. to enter in yeah. this space it's just going to be a nightmare um so i'm not you know overly interested to get which, which is kind of ironic considering the whole point of kind of the digital currency and was supposed to be so it was unregulated exactly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but well now it's so popular everybody wants some people are making all this money the government wants their cut the government wants in yeah. you know they just gave out trillions of dollars in COVID relief and this and that and the other thing, you know, they want some money too. Yeah. So how are they going to get it? Oh, well, now we're going to get involved. We're going to tax shit out of everyone. Yeah. So, so what, what, what are your thoughts on just like the general uh, digital landscape and how much of a, a part of daily life it'll be going forward? I mean, right now people spend X amount of time on their computers and phones yeah, and iPads right. all day. It's only so, going to keep going up and keep increasing. Um, actually I was reading interestingly that voice search is going down, hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. I wouldn't really expect that, but I think it was down like 12% from hmm. last year. Interesting. Um, I wonder you know, why. I, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure, 
you know, I wouldn't expect that. People have pit for years. Everyone's been talking about voice search, voice search. Voice you get search. Gary Vee's playing voice search. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe voice search isn't going to be as big as it is. Maybe it won't be as conversational as people think. But I mean, listen, I don't think digital marketing is going anywhere because the internet is not going to go anywhere. When people need something or want something, they're going to Google it because Google is not going anywhere either. I don't care how many people try to sue them. Right. Um, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, it's only going to continue to grow. Um, and there's only going to be more and more room for other people to get involved in the digital marketing industry. Um, and more and more companies, as soon as their grandfathers or their dads or, you know, whomever is saying like, Oh, that's not how we do business. But as soon as they pass it on to their younger whomever, um, they're going to get involved in digital marketing too. Um, so I only see the industry going up. Um, I, I can't even imagine a scenario where it doesn't exist. I, you know, it's the internet. It's, mm. it's not going anywhere. Um, no, I think that's right. I think there's also, uh, you know, from, <laughs> I felt this, I'm sure you have days too, when you, you, you finish the day, especially during like some of the COVID time and you're like, wow, I spent all day, all day on the computer like doing work, but Nevertheless, it was all day. Um, so there almost there has to be almost like a, I don't know, a conscious separation. You know what I mean? Because I think no matter how much digital there is, there is, digital is here. It's here to stay. There's always going to be digital, especially for services that are so easy, like Amazon, ordering on Amazon. It's like the easiest thing in the world now. That's not going away. But it's almost like we have to make this conscious effort now to keep that and realize that is good, but also have some separation for that for our own well-being. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it's it's so hard. To, and I think it was pretty easy for me, I think, because when I started, I started in, you know, a 800 square foot apartment in Philly. So I was working from home before COVID was even a thing. Right. Um, I would argue it was even harder to work from home during that mm -hmm. because I could just go out literally across the street to Morgan's Pier and start drinking with my friends. So, <laughs> yeah. So, or like anywhere, like a normal 28 year old living in the city. Right. Um, so uh, for me, I feel like it was always kind of easy, but I mean, it's, and I mean, we preach this to our employees all the time. It's so important to have that work-life balance, even if, you know, I mean, we obviously there doesn't there's not much restrictions anymore, but um, just shut the computer down, watch TV, have a meal, go out for a walk, do whatever you have to do to keep your mind right. Mm. Because if you're just sitting there, I mean, like it's so easy to just sit there and work for 12 straight hours. Um, especially, you know, a lot of our employees, they're not married. They don't have kids. You know, there's no, there's nothing to keep them off the computer. Hmm. Um, so it's easy to just kind of spiral into doing work nonstop and you get burnt out. Then they're just going to want to quit and we don't want to lose our employees. Hmm. So it, we've always told our employees it's important, whatever they got to do to keep their mind right and just keep them, their bodies healthy and sure. always, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, do it. Just let us know that like, Hey, I need to log off for 30 minutes. I need to log off for an hour. I'm going to take a while, whatever. Um, it's just, it's so important. I think it's important for, I mean, not just our, the internet world, but I mean, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, 
so at, let me get this clear. So as a digital marketing agency, I think the areas you guys play in most prevalently are the SEO, paid advertising, web design, uh, social media marketing, um, email marketing. Uh, is that primarily the, the main? Those, yeah, those are all services that we offer. Our bread and butter, the core competencies, I would say, are SEO and web design and development. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and now for how does this how does this vary for those services based on industry? Are certain industries more akin or would work better with digital marketing? And you know, if I was in a certain type of industry, how would I know that? Great, great question. Um, you might not know that depending on what industry you're in. Hmm. That's typically why they might come to someone like me and say, I've never done digital marketing or I've never done SEO. Do you think it's something that would work for me? Hmm. And it's our job to show you that, yes, this is viable. Uh, you got to do some keyword research. Might have to do some competitor analysis. Understand how users might be searching for your product or service. Hmm. And if the volume isn't there, I'll tell you, there hasn't been a whole lot of times where we haven't been able, where we've had to tell someone like, I don't think this is going to work for you. Um, I could probably count them on one hand, but right. usually we can figure out, here's how people are searching for you. This is, these are the ways that they're trying to find you. Um, I'm working with a uh, cost, re well, a cost reduction company just reached out to us and said, we've sort of been down this road before. We didn't really get any results. Um, what do you think? Like, well, show me the keywords they were targeting for you. Give me some competitors that you might have. Let me see what I can find. Um, the issue that I found was that the keywords they were targeting, there was two things wrong with the keywords. One was that there were, I think there's the third. I think it was just the two main ones. Mm -hmm. One was that um, the volume for the keywords that they were ranking on the first page for, there wasn't any. There mm -hmm. just wasn't any volume for those keywords. For example, it so might be- meaning, meaning no one's searching for those things. There's no one or very, very, very few people actually type that in. So right. it might be cost reduction service in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nobody's typing that in. Um. Or the keywords were just extremely broad and were not specific to a service. So it might just be like cost reduction. Which could apply to any industry. Which could be anything. I right. mean, it, I don't need it. Cost reduction. What does that, it could be the definition of cost reduction. It could be a book about cost reduction. It could be anything about cost reduction. Right. Um, so that's why, and this is where I think that uh, me and my team are better than 95% of people out there is identifying what those keywords are. It's not just, here's a list of keywords, let's rank for them. It's what are the keywords that users are searching for that are going to make them convert? Mm -hmm. So high user intent keywords, Right. they're looking for a product or service. They don't want to do it themselves. They don't want free information. They want to find someone to help them solve a problem. And that's what you have to identify. And that's where I com compile the list of keywords and he's on vacation, but I'm going to show him once he gets back, here are the keywords that I found. I don't see this percent of keywords or any of these keywords on this original list. 
if these keywords, if you think these keywords make sense to you, it seems like they made sense to me. And I think that this would be, this will work out for you if you want to move forward with SEO. So that's usually how we, that's the process of Got determining. It. So it's, it's really, it's really finding out. So in whatever industry you're in, unless it's some archaic industry where no one's searching for it, for the most part, there is some way to plug into those searches, whether that's through search engine optimization, whether that's, um, you know, more local marketing stuff, social media, you can pretty much say, okay, based on your industry, these are probably the areas to market. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, people undervalue how much information is at their fingertips and not the general consumer because how the hell would they know? I mean, SEOs don't utilize the information that's available to them. It's so easy to just pull, use some tools and get a list of keywords that this website is ranking for. And it gives you the answer. Hmm. And if you're not sure, Google it. Google will give you the answer. If Google is showing you, if you typed in cost reduction and the list was a bunch of companies that provide cost reduction services, then cost reduction might be a good keyword, hmm. but it's probably not going to be that. You type that in, it's probably going to be a bunch of information about cost reduction versus a service providing cost reduction. Gotcha. Are there any companies like or industries you can think of that don't really utilize digital marketing, but there's a lot of volume as far as the searches go? You know what I mean? Like, are, are there yeah. things that are commonly searched, but you know, no one's just really marketing it? Yeah. Good, good question. I'm not sure I could think of anything off the top of my head. I'm, I'm trying to think of like maybe like older, older type um, um like industries. Like you know what I mean? I can I can say um you know there's another company that wanted to work with us who said like we know our this industry is so niche, customers know all the players. Hmm. So they don't go to Google. They just say, well, we use this person and they screwed up. So now we want to use the next person on the list. Right. And there's just like a list that they go down because the list, the list is only so big. So I, I guess there's also some, some play here between like, you could almost use somebody else's keyword. You know what I mean? Like say if it was like the name of a company and you do the same service, is that, is that possible or does that get kind of tricky? It is possible technically, um, but it's also tricky. So organically on the SEO side, um, if you type in a brand name and it's a big enough brand, Google's going to pick that up. Hmm. Um, they're able to understand what the brand name is of, uh, your business. Sure. It's not likely that you're going to be able to outrank someone organically for their brand name. Hmm. Because the intent of the user is to find that brand. So Google is going to fulfill the intent of that user. Sure. On the paid advertising side, you have a little bit more leeway. Right. You can specifically type in, I want to rank for SEO locale. You, you might be Joe Schmidt SEO. Um, so what Joe Schmidt's going to do is create this paid campaign that is targeting SEO locale. So any search term that includes SEO locale, his ads are going to pop up. So, so, so you'll be there organically and they'll be there because they're paying to be there. Right. But if someone were to click on their ad, it's not cheap. Hmm. Again, we're, we're getting a little bit more into the paid stuff, but part of determining how much you pay 
is what the experience is that you're going to deliver to the, the user. So if someone's looking for SEO locale and they want to click on your website, that's not SEO locale, you're going to pay 20, 30, 40, $50 to win that bid because Google knows that you're not SEO locale. Right. right. And the conversion rate is extremely low because usually if you're looking for someone specific, you're scrolling down just to find you're looking thing. for them for a reason, right? You right. want to look with them. If you, uh, you might, maybe you accidentally, you don't realize it. You click on a paid ad and you call Joe Schmidt SEO and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm like to speak to SEO locale. Oh, this is Joe Schmidt SEO locale. How can I help you? Oh, I want to talk to SEO locale. Click. That just costs you $50. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. There's all this stuff. Like I think it's a lot of, there's a lot of buzzwords these days. You know what I mean? About search engine optimization. How do I get noticed? But it's, it's really interesting hearing, you know, how all this stuff kind of plays out or, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a game, you know what I mean? It really yeah. is. And I feel like you're, you're kind of like the chess master at the back, just like, you know, pulling the strings <laughs> and, and doing the stuff. But, yeah. um, so for, for, um, SEO locale, the business, you provide all these services. Um, it says like you said, your bread and butter are really the, um, SEO and then the, the web design stuff. Um, what is your vision for the business going forward? Um, and what you want it to be kind of, you know, it, it could be, maybe I haven't thought that far ahead or, you know, I kind of maybe want to add these services or just in, in general, what is the general, um, vision for what you're, you're thinking? I have no idea. Uh, Nick and I talk about this all the time. Um, you know, it's changed so many times hmm. since we started, we're a little over five years old. Um, at first it was always, it's going to be you and me you know, 20, 30, 30 clients, whatever, 50 clients, whatever. Um, we'll take care of everything. No problem. Um, well, now all of a sudden we have 70 clients and we're like, can't really, we got to hire someone. So we hire one person, we hire another person and we're like, all right, we can probably take this to another 200 clients. And it's like, well, we got more people who want, service we're not going to say no mm. um so all of a sudden you know there's 14 of us and almost 200 clients later and it's like well how how much are we going to grow it, you know we'll probably cap it at 20 employees or 20 or 30 employees and maybe have three or 400 clients and we'll have like a waiting list how cool would it be to have a waiting list mm. i have a feeling in a couple of years when you call me again and say, Mark, how are you? I might say I have 75 employees hmm. because it's, I can't, <laughs> it's can't like, stop. I can't stop. <laughs> you got it's, a problem, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like, it's like I'm an addict. <laughs> it's, you know, once you're, it's so easy to talk about like, oh, when we're at this point that seems so difficult to hit, um, you know, we can just shut it down and and that's that's what we'll be. But I will, I'll never be able to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so, I don't think I have it in me to just be like, I think I freak out. <laughs> like just knowing that there are it's more like, well, people. It's like, so why am I not doing this? Why it's that, it's more, there, knowing there's more people who want to utilize my service. Like, why won't I just keep growing? Why not? Hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's like a bag of issues that come along with growing and hitting those kinds of numbers. Um, 
I mean, just making sure I'm, I'm assuming just making sure that the quality is still there mm-hmm. because it's easy for Nick and I to make sure to quality control 12 people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so easy for us to quality control maybe our directors and then have our directors quality control another right 15 you, you, you keep getting layers removed from the actual you know people doing in, exactly yeah, interact with the clients so i mean and that's scary you know um nick and i make a point to be a part of every sales call we make a point to be a part of every kickoff call we make a point to know the names and business if i gave you my my client list you can name me a business i could name the owner or mm-hmm. vice versa because i know them all um and we don't want to lose that. I mean, I know if someone isn't returning a client's call or email, I know. Um, you, you lose that once you sure keep growing. Yeah, I had a conversation earlier. I was in episode like two or three, um, talking to a, a guy about a similar you know problem. It's like in the in the when you're growing, you could almost like keep growing infinitely. And I think some people, they almost think the point of business is ju- just to keep growing. But it's almost like they kind of sit back and question yourself, okay, well, why am I in business? How is, how is my life? What is my outlook? How are my employees' lives? And then you kind of start to think, okay, maybe you know, once I hit that 75 number or that 100 employee number, maybe it becomes something I don't really enjoy as much anymore. You know what I mean? So I think things change dynamically. And it's like almost like, what's the end goal of the business? Obviously, it's to provide good service in these areas that have expertise, but at what point do I become, like you said, too detached from the work where it's like this thing, I'm not sure I enjoy it in the same way I did before. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's probably the the barometer for saying, I think the growth is, you know what I mean? And maybe it's one of those things where you you keep a similar size as far as employee service, but maybe it's like you just have different companies or you serve as a different market at right. that point. So it's, it's like an endless thing, but I think it's a... Uh, Interesting question because I think some people come in, they're just like growth, 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 growth. And it's like, well, to, to what extent? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, you know, if the if the end if the end game was sell, sure. Yeah. Grow, 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 grow. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't I don't want to do that. Um, Nick doesn't want to do that. It's not really um you know, I mean, we've been, we've been with a lot. Most of our employees have been with us pretty much since the start. Um, and, you know, at the risk of, again, being the most cliche person you've had on the show, um, we're a family. You know, I know these people personally. I know the birthdays. I know their significant others. Um, we have employees who are so desperate to be together. They will literally go to each other's apartments and work from home. Mm. Um so I think we have a really cool and a really unique culture. Um, and, you know, I would never, I would never sell SEO locale and just leave them to whoever it is, buys them up and, mm. Hey, I know how this is guy, you guys did things now, but now we're doing it this way. Mm. Um, you know, they might hate me forever. <laughs> yeah. I had a, this is a burning question I've had. So when you, when you bring on clients, um, what, what's the, first of all, what, what's your, what's the process like? And then, and then, and then second of all, are there any restrictions that you guys have as far as, you know, it seems, it seemed seem impossible if you had, if all your clients were 
in one industry. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how does how does that work? Where it's like, are there are there quotas or something set apart for different industries? Or you know what I mean? Like I think I'm thinking back to Mad Men when you know they had they had oh we already already have a cigarette company. We have to drop ours to bring on a new one. You know what I mean? Yes. So what what does that look like? Yeah. Um. So another thing that is very unique to at least the um, other agencies that I know, we work really, really hard to not work with competitors. Hmm. Um, we do charge a little bit more to, to, for that service. Sure. Um, but no matter what, if we get a mover in Philadelphia and another mover in Philadelphia calls us, we will tell them, we cannot work with you unless you don't want to target Philadelphia. Or if we can con if we call our existing client, he says he's cool with it and you're cool with it, then we'll work with you. Hmm. So that's pretty much the only way that we will work with competitors. Um, has it prevented us from getting new business? Of course it has. Hmm. Um, you know, we're working with one HVAC company that covers a 30 mile radius um, one move, well, a couple movers in Philadelphia, but that's because they literally, one of them we were working with told his friend, you need to call SEO locale. And we we're like, okay, <laughs> that's what you want us to do. Right. Um, so in those cases, sure. But, um, we, if we do get an inbound, um, lead or, or anything like that, or someone comes to us looking for services, we will always right out of the bat, tell them we cannot help you in this capacity. Hmm. Um, if you want help in this capacity, sure. But in this other way, we can't help you. Sure. So it's almost like if one client was doing the SEO and the web design, you might say, okay, well, listen, we can't do SEO with you, but we can do the web design. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a uh, web design. Web design is yeah. not going to help anyone with anything. Sure. Um, you know, it, you can get a nice user experience, but you know, digital marketing is a, is a, big, big ass pie. Sure. You know, it's not just a website. It's not just SEO. It's, it's everything that has to work together for you to rank well. And a new website's not going to do that. So right. if, a, if a thousand HVAC companies call me to build a website, yeah, sure. I'll build a thousand HVAC websites. I right. start to look a little, a little <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, I, I, that's not a problem. Um, cool. No, that, that, that sounds awesome. Um, so what other, any other major beer hitters for you besides uh 60 minute? Uh, you know, I I consider myself uh, a classic beer drinker. I love Bud Lights, mm. Rolling Rock, um, Yinglings. I like pretty much any beer, to be honest. There's not many cool. beers I dislike. So you're you're up in uh you're not in the city anymore, correct? You're you're a little more north. I moved to Yardley, Pennsylvania. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like right right in your old stomping grounds. The other half's there now. Um, remember, remember the old Goose Island? Were you there when the Goose Island was there? Yeah. Yes. Goose yeah. Island is great. Um, they, I think they went out of business because of COVID and there's a new brewery. There yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very cool spot. It really is. I was there, I was there, uh, probably not probably less than two months ago and it, it's, it's really popping. Like it's, it's yeah. cool. They've done a good job. They kind of like re have kind of redone the outside a little bit. There was more like, you know, games and fire pits and, and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a nice part of the city. It really is. Yeah. That location is awesome. I mean, I live, that's my own liberties, but um, I lived in old city pretty much mine. Gotcha. Entire, I guess I lived there for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that people should know about your business and the things that you guys provide? I think it's like you're saying, it's, it's one of those industries that's really growing a lot these days. Um, anything else? What, what's the biggest takeaway for, for people who might be interested in digital marketing? I think um, one of the biggest things is to not let people scare you into SEO. Hmm. A big sales tactic, I think for any industry, but it's a lot easier in SEO, is scaring them into like, if you don't do this, you're going to go out of business. Hmm. Um, to me, that's a big red flag. Um, if you have the finances for SEO, you have the investment for SEO, um, then it's something you should definitely look into. SEO is an investment. It takes a while. I say on average, it could take six months. Uh, before you really start to get the results of what you've been working on. So it's really important to be in a strong uh, financial state before you think about taking on this investment. Cause you could, in theory, you could be, you know, three, four, five, six thousand dollars into this investment at a minimum before you really start to get the ROI. Hmm. Um, so if it's something you're interested in it, then I would work towards that. I would save towards that, whatever your marketing budget is. No business is going to be too small for SEO. There's going to be someone, typically tends to be my company, but there will be a company out <laughs> there that can work with your budget. Sure. Um, and you know, people try to make like, oh, we only work with people who have a five thousand dollar budget. I think that's crap. So mm. um, don't let people scare you into SEO. Just make sure you're financially stable enough to keep the business going, but also make that investment. Sure. Sure. Um, cool. Well, that, that's, that's some great information. I learned a lot for sure. The, um, the thing we kind of end off with here is called a quick question round. So we kind of go through about like, you know, four or five quick questions, just get okay. your, your, your immediate response to some of those. Okay. Um, all right, Mark. So what, what is the coolest thing you've seen lately? That could be anything in, in your field or anything across the board. The coolest thing that I have seen lately would be um, my 13-month-old daughter started sprinting around the house. Wow. There you go. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> What's that like? Um, it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so easy to, I mean, thank God we have my, you know, my mom's around, she can come four times a week and watch the baby. But, right. um, you know, until she gets there, it's not, this, this kid doesn't run out of energy. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't understand it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not easy working from home. Sure. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but it's, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's great to watch, you know, watch her grow up. Um, What are some of the tools that you use that you could not live without. That could be like a, you know, a physical tool, like a computer or whatever, or it could be like, you know, like a software tool or something. Uh, definitely my cell phone. I need that cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly for just business related things or everything. Just like to live. Yeah. <laughs> just to live. <laughs> yeah. really, if I didn't have my cell phone, I don't know what I would do. 
It's horrible. Even when I'm like in another country or something and I don't have like cell service, I'm constantly looking at my phone to see like, oh, like, is anything going on? Do I, do, I, do, do I have cell service now? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's I'm constantly on that thing. Um, it's, you know, I feel it's like, I feel naked when I don't have mm, it. Yeah. It's like, there's a, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, what are the most transformational changes you're looking to make over the next 90 days? And this could be either personal or, or for the business or both. Um, well, for the business, we're currently in the process of, um, adding slash revamping slash improving our payroll benefits. Um, yeah, I guess benefits kind of covers everything. So that's kind of a big project that I just started on right now. Um, so that'd be on the business side, adding some new, you know, like HSA, FSA stuff, mm. um, 401 stuff. Um, honestly, a bunch of stuff that I don't have to deal with too much because I have, you know, advisors doing it for me. Sure. But, um, and then personally, uh, we're, my wife is expecting our second pretty much any day now. So we have to finish transforming the new, the old baby's room into her new room and the original baby room into the original baby room, the new original baby room. <laughs> Man, a lot, lot of, a lot of changes going on. <laughs> you know, about, about, think about it in about nine or about another year, you'll have two of those that run around the house. Yeah. It's probably not going to be nearly as, as great as, <laughs> Second time as, as, um, as I'm thinking it's going to be. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be way more work than I ever planned. Mm. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Probably more rewarding than you think too, though. I think I have a pretty good idea how <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely something else. But, uh, I mean, you know, two of these things running around is going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, finally, what, what is your favorite beverage? Um, oh, it's so difficult. I'm going to go with orange juice. Nice. Why? I don't know. Do you drink I, it a lot? Every, every day. Every morning. At least one glass a day. Hmm. Um, I, don't know if it, I don't even know if it's good for, for you to drink it that much. He's talking about like a big glass or like a tiny glass? Whichever glass isn't dirty. Is the one I'll grab. Um, you know, we have like big ones and small ones, but I don't know. I've been drinking orange juice since I can remember. Hmm. I've not, I don't think you're, even, I honestly, I don't think you're supposed to drink orange juice that much. I think it's actually like really bad for you. I think it's, I think it's a lot, I think it's a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar, but yeah. I mean, I, dude, I get it with, with like pancakes sometimes in the morning. I, I, I do like, I do like a nice little swig of orange juice in there. I usually do like a very, very tiny glass, but that's just me. Orange juice is just great. <laughs> well, um, Mark, let me let the people know if there's anything else or any final thoughts you have, anything you want to plug. Um, the next minute is, is all yours. Uh, yeah, all I would say, I would just reiterate, um, to be open to not just digital marketing, all kinds of marketing. I am a huge proponent of trying anything once. Um, a lot of them have been epic failures. Um, a lot of them have been monumental successes. So just be open to trying new things. Um, if you want to, you know, grow your business and succeed and don't let people, um, I've been pressured into making bad decisions. Mm. Just do do your process, however you're going to do your process, and don't let people force you into things that you that don't sit 100 percent well with you. Sure, sure. Um, and where can people find you? 
yeah, you can reach out to me directly. Um, Mark, M-A-R-C at S-E-O locale, L-O-C-A-L-E um, dot com. You can contact my cell phone, 215-801-9427. Visit us on the web, S-E-O locale.com. Cool. Cool. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate it too, Greg. Thanks for the beer. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast this week. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms, and you'll get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us, our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com. If you follow us on Instagram, it's at leverageandbeverage. I'm Greg Sobosinski. You've been listening to Leverage and Beverage. As always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time. Mm